This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. At One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating, our comfort specialist can handle any AC repair. Call 855-1-HOUR for $50 off your repair or visit OneHourAir.com. Always on time or you don't pay. Terms and conditions may apply. Independently owned and operated, licensed in their respective state or county. Hi, I'm Renee Summer, our digital news anchor here at 7 at 7. Watch our streaming nonstop newscast immediately with your mobile phone. 7 at 7 is the new way for you to get every bit of local news you need in just seven minutes. Breaking news, local neighborhood news, weather, and sports are just a click away. Reporters bring you all of what's happening in the Valley. From Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, YouTube, and more. Get every bit of local news you need from the RJ and LVRJ.com. What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about playoff hockey because it is the most wonderful time of the year, and we are here. To break it all down, I have been Goats, one of your review journal Golden Knights beat writers. Joining me on the other line is my colleague, Dave Shane. Dave, how's it hanging, man? Good. I'm ready to go. We got playoff hockey, like you said. I uh, caught my uh, caught my breath. I'm all ready to go. Energized. Like, this is what we play for, right? <laughs> this is this is the big time. This is what we do it all for. That's why you lift That's all the right. weights. That's right. This time of year. Yeah, it is obviously a super exciting time of the year. The Golden Knights, of course, have been in the playoffs for a while. But uh, as of last night, because we're recording this on Friday morning, we officially know the matchup. We know that they're going to play, be playing the Minnesota Wild in the first round of the NHL playoffs. We're going to be going through that matchup extensively on today's episode, telling you what you need to know about the Wild and how they match up with the Golden Eyes. But before we do all that, I want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating. We are also presented by Blue Wire Podcasts. Um, of course, if you guys could check out all our written work at ReviewJournal.com, that would be lovely. We also have our annual uh, playoff special section coming out in Sunday's paper. Uh, so if you are already a print subscriber, please look for that. It's one of my favorite things that we do every year. And of course, if you're not a print subscriber, uh, still go pick it up in uh, your favorite newsstand because we do a lot of work and it's 24 pages of pure hockey goodness. There's nothing else going on in there. It's just a bunch of hockey content getting you a setup for the night's latest quest for the Stanley Cup. Um, also, if you guys like this podcast, uh, please rate and review or subscribe. It really uh, helps us and uh, gets the word out there about the show. But anyway, let's get down to business. Uh, last time we recorded, the Golden Knights had just come off a loss on Monday to the Colorado Avalanche, which took their destiny as it pertained to winning the West Division and the President's Trophy out of their hands. 
And ultimately, uh, Colorado, who basically got in the driver's seat after that game, uh, took advantage and ended up walking away with both of those kind of trophies, quote unquote. Uh, the Avalanche uh, played a back-to-back against the Los Angeles Kings on uh, Wednesday and Thursday that I'm sure many Golden Knights fans were uh, ravenously watching. Uh, the Avalanche won by a combined score of 11-1. to So uh, LA was not exactly interested in offering up much resistance. So uh, Colorado is the first seed in the West. The Knights are the second seed. And that means they play the third seed, which is Minnesota. The series, if people don't know already by now, begins at noon Sunday at T-Mobile Arena. Now, obviously, I think, you know, one of the big, I guess, ticket discussion items about this matchup, and I'm sure people are well aware of it, is the fact that uh, the Knights haven't exactly fared well against the Wild, not only this season, but in their history. Uh, the Knights' worst record against any opponent this season was Minnesota. They went 3-4-1 and one against the Wild, and only one of those wins came in regulation. Uh, the Knights' record against the Wild is their third worst against any opponent all time, ahead of only uh, their record against Columbus and Boston. So before we, you know, break this thing all the way down, Dave, and talk about, you know, how the forwards match up and how the defensemen compare and obviously the goaltending, which is obviously going to be a big discussion item when we uh, get to it. How much do you think the history between these two teams kind of should inform what we think about this series and ultimately will inform uh, what happens in these, you know, four to seven games? First off, I don't know if anybody's catching this in the background on my microphone, but my dog apparently thinks nothing of it because... He's just snoring away. So if you happen to hear a weird sound in the background, it's it's probably him. <laughs> um, but kind of with that, I guess, is that the players don't seem very you know worried about it, if that's the right word. Uh, I guess I'll follow along and say, like, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it matters until it matters, until they get, like, down a game, until it's 1-1 or they get down 2-1. And then they start thinking about it. And then they start wondering, oh, man, we're struggling here and we struggled before with them. And are they in, you know, just a a weird bogey team for us or what are they doing? Like for right now, I I think you go into the playoffs and you say, you know, all the things that the, the Golden Knights are saying, which is we have the experience. We've been here before. You know, we're going to rely on that. The Wilder maybe they didn't. The Knights haven't said this, but the Wilder maybe you know, a little bit ahead of schedule right now. I think Kaprizov, you know, really elevated that team, that franchise and and put them on a faster track in terms of what he did this year. And we'll talk about him, I'm sure, extensively uh, throughout this podcast as well. Um, but, you know, I like I said, yeah, you go into it and you figure, okay, we're the favored and money puck has them but like, 62% or something like that to win the series in terms of, you know, projecting it out, all, all those fun analytics and, and whatever. But if it gets hard, if it turns tough, if the wild get ahead, then all of a sudden, yeah, I do think it starts to matter because I think it gets into their heads a little bit. Yeah, we'll just have to see how the series plays out. But yeah, looking at how these two teams match up against each other, that money puck number you just cited, which makes it about like a 60-40 series in favor of the Golden Knights. Seems about, right, the Knights, of course, have home ice advantage, but as anyone who's ever watched the NHL playoffs know, a lot of times that doesn't even, one, come into play, or two, ultimately, 
matter that much because the playoffs are so crazy and unpredictable and you get teams that for the most part are not that far apart from each other. And I think the wild are certainly a step below the Knights in terms of talent level, but they're not that far below. Like for instance, if we're comparing the wild to uh, the first two teams, the Knights faced last postseason, which were the Chicago Blackhawks and the Vancouver Canucks. I think it's pretty likely that the wild can end up pushing the Knights a little bit more than those teams did. Obviously, Vancouver took the Knights to seven games last year, but that was mainly on the back shoulders and leg pads of an outstanding goaltender performance from Thatcher Demko. I don't, if the Knights ultimately get pushed to seven games by the Wild, I don't think it's because uh, Minnesota's starting goalie, which is likely to be Cam Talbot, uh, stood on his head for, you know, basically four straight games. I think these two teams match up a little bit more evenly um, in terms of kind of their their skater depth. And before we kind of get into that and break it down, once again, position by position, uh, we do have to go through kind of who's going to be out there potentially for the Knights and the Wild. Uh, Minnesota, for their part, seems to be pretty healthy. Uh, people might remember in uh, the Wild's last matchup against the Knights, uh, one of their top forwards, uh, winger Kevin Fiala, who has 20 goals this season, was held out. Uh, he also didn't play yesterday in his team's regular season finale against the St. Louis Blues. Um, but it sounds like it was pretty precautionary. It was just, you know, the Wild had nothing to play for last night, so they shut a number of guys down, including Fiala. So it seems like he should be good to go. Uh, the Knights, on the other hand, have a lot of question marks heading into uh, this series. So we're recording this um, after watching the team practice and right wing Ryan Reeves, who has, of course, been on long term injured reserve for a while, uh, did practice today. But Max Pacioretty, Alec Martinez, Tomas Nosek and Alex Tuck all did not. Uh, Pacioretty, Martinez and Nosek have all missed multiple games. Uh, Pacioretty and Nosek more than Martinez and Tuck uh, did not play in the third period of the night's regular season finale on Wednesday against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, we did not get much in the way of injury updates from Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon or coach Pete DeBoer today. Uh, shocking, given how forthcoming uh, this team is uh, in normal times, that they would be uh, very tight-lipped heading into the postseason. Um, but Dave, what are your just overall impressions on uh, who at this point seems to you know be available for game one or just in the series down the road and how that might impact how things are going to play out. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I had to guess, uh, well, okay. First off, let me back up and just say that Pete DeBoer termed the practice today semi-optional, which I find a hysterical statement or at least label because what the heck is semi-optional? Like, I don't know what that means means and beyond that apparently it was only optional if you were like the injured guys because if you were healthy you were on the ice so so like the guy at max patch already apparently was optional for him and no and and alex tuck so we have no idea and and pete DeBoer said you know don't read too much into it um we have another practice tomorrow before you know the game on sunday so you know we'll see how things shake out okay that's fine you know, I don't know how much I buy that, but, you know, we'll see. If I have to guess, just based on, like, his answers from before and things, you you would guess, like, Alex Tuck is, is probably the most likely of the group to play. And then I sort of based that on – we saw Dylan Coughlin skating on the third line and instead of, 
you know, like on the fourth line or what, and, and it just, it very much resembled a placeholder. Like he wouldn't play there normally. And they're just kind of waiting for Tuck. So that one seems like, you know, maybe closer to being able to go and maybe somebody that would practice, you know, tomorrow as we record this. You know, the other guys, I, I don't know. I, I have a I have less confidence or I have a, you know, a worse feeling maybe about them being ready. Um, certainly Nosik, we haven't, I mean, we haven't seen him, I guess, other than giving the jersey away. I was like, we did technically lay eyes on him uh, for the night's uh, last game against uh, the Colorado Evans, last home game. He was there, yeah, to give his jersey away. Patch Reddy and Martinez uh, were not, and Reeves was there as well. You know, I mean, it's it's we're all you know playing conspiracy theorists here and trying to figure this all out. But you know, it, it, my answer, I guess, is really, I mean, especially for somebody like Patch Reddy who missed six games, like how I, I would think he's got to skate, he's got to practice, he's got to do something before you can just throw him into a playoff game. So really some, you know, him, Alec Martinez, probably until we see them out there, at least skating, I have more doubt about them. Yeah. We'll have to ultimately see how it plays out, but uh, needless to say, especially in the case of Patch Reddy and Martinez, uh, those are some pretty important guys for the Golden Knights. They would probably like to have out there real quick, real quick. Let me jump in. I could just because I think I ignored Ryan Reeves and certainly seeing him out there. And we didn't ask, and that was maybe my fault specifically about him, um, but he was on that fourth line. And there was no placeholder really other than maybe Patrick Brown, which I think is very feasible that we could see him centering the fourth line. So I think of all those guys, maybe I'll back up and I said Tuck is the most likely. It certainly looks like Ryan Reeves is a go. And based on Mark Stone's answer um, about getting some more physicality back in the lineup, it looks like, I think that was sort of alluding to Ryan Reeves. So uh, we could probably see 75 in there on Sunday. And never forget that Mark Stone also said uh, one of the last times the Knights played the Wild, uh, just wait till big old 75s out there and then I, they'll be chirping us less. Uh, so the Knights certainly uh, will be excited to have him back for this matchup against the Wild, if indeed he does play. Uh, they'll also be happy to have Alex Tuck because, of course, Alex Tuck uh, was uh, taken from the Wild in the expansion draft. Uh, that was, you know, multiple general managers ago for the Minnesota Wild. And those two facts probably aren't unrelated. Um, but certainly if Tuck gets in the lineup, you know that he will probably be fired up to play against his old team. All right. So let's go into the matchups a little bit deeper, uh, starting with the forwards. Um, these two teams are actually, you know, I think you look at them top to bottom. They're both, you know, up there in terms of the deeper teams in the NHL. Uh, but then when you look at just the top end guys, the Knights definitely have, you know, more kind of quote unquote game breakers or just top six guys that you're very comfortable with compared to the wild. What's interesting about Minnesota is that their top line is actually pretty much a shutdown line in uh, left wing Jordan Greenway, center Ewell Erickson Eck, and then right wing Marcus Foligno. They're kind of a, you know, grinding defensive line. And if they score goals, they're usually not super pretty. Uh, you would have to imagine that they're going to be matched up against, uh, you know, Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone whenever Minnesota is at home for most of the time at five on five. And then the wild second line uh, is the one that's uh, the most interesting to watch because it has, you know, one strong playmaking wing in uh, Matt Zuccarello. It has kind of a blood center that gets dragged around in Victor Rask, but it also has just this 
crazy, phenomenal talent. You know, rookie Kirill Kaprizov, who's going to walk away with the Calder Trophy. Uh, he came over uh, from Russia. This is his first year in North America, and he is eighth in the league in goals. I mean, I think even the Wild tried to temper expectations with him a little bit, Dave, heading into the season. But he is like delivered on everything. Yeah, so I mean, he's the real deal. And Kelly McCrimmon touched on this, and I think you know during past podcasts or in the regular season when the the Knights have played the Wild, we've probably touched on this. So I hope I'm not repeating myself too much. But you know, sort of as we go through this series, and and I always think about the Wild. There were three teams that I always sort of felt like were the sleeping giants in the NHL, and the Blues the Flyers in the wild. And they were always like right there kind of treading water and it's just good. And they can never seemingly get like over the hump. And I think part of the, at least I'll, I'll talk about the wild, but I think the two aspects, Kelly McCrimmon touched on this, and I don't think it's a big secret that sort of prevented all that were goaltending. And then just having like a dynamic playmaker, a game breaker, a talent up front that just, you know, teams have to account for that you're never out of a game because of he can make plays out of nothing. And, you know, there was so much expectation, like you said, because of how well he did in the KHL and leading in goals over there. And can he make the transition, you know, to North America? So, I, you know, all the, all the, 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 the questions and whatever, but he made a quick transition. I think his age factors into that, that he's an older rookie and he's somebody that's going to be, I don't want to, you know, a problem for the Knights. They're really going to have to account for him and figure out in those eight games, what did they not do against him? You know, if you're going to ask them, all oh, take away his time and space and all the boring answers. But, you know, there were there are specific things that they're going to have to, you know, examine here and go through the book, I guess, as Pete DeBoer likes to say, you know, as they scout, you know, these teams and go over the eight games mm-hmm. and and figuring out, you know, how to play against him and, and putting him into spots that he doesn't want to be in, you know, making him, you know, go to, you know, areas of the ice or directions that he doesn't want to go to, you know, on his backhand versus his forearm, whatever it might be. Uh, they're going to have to figure that out because he was, I think it was six goals in eight games during the series. And obviously, you know, a couple, you know, key ones down the stretch that really, if you look at it, you know, factored into the Knights not being, you know, division champions and President's Trophy winners. So I think he's going to be a big factor in this series and and the Knights are going to have to figure out a way to contain him. At One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating, our comfort specialist can handle any AC repair. Call 855-1-HOUR for $50 off your repair or visit onehourair.com. Always on time, or you don't pay. Terms and conditions may apply independently owned and operated, licensed in their respective state or county. Your time is valuable, so we've built a seven-minute non-stop newscast that fits into your daily routine. I'm Jen Ah. Seven at seven keeps you informed anytime, anywhere. Look for top stories, weather, sports and sports betting, business, lifestyle, and entertainment. Get every bit of local news you need in seven minutes. Watch seven at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Streaming nonstop 24-7 from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on your mobile or smart TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Yeah, I think the biggest uh, testament to his ability is actually the last game that the Knights and Wild played against each other, and the Knights are... Uh, winning one nothing, entering the third period, and for the most part, you know the Knights are doing a pretty good job, kind of hanging onto their lead. And then all of a sudden, Kaprizov scores uh, not once but twice. And then all of a sudden, the game is completely, completely flipped on his head, and the Knights are losing two one, and they end up uh, tying the game on a late power play and winning in overtime. But uh, Kaprizov just basically turned that game into like a sure looking win to an almost sure looking loss in like the blink of an eye. And that's the kind of thing that he can do. And I also think it's interesting you talking about what the Knights can do to kind of, you know, slow him down a little bit, Dave, because to his credit, I also remember in that last series against the Knights, they were kind of trying to be physical with him. And then at one point he said, no, 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 I'm going to be physical with you and basically like tackled Zach Whitecloud to the ice and almost got a major penalty for it. So he's also a guy that doesn't exactly back down from a fight. Uh, which makes him really intriguing. Um, quickly going through kind of the rest of the Wilds forwards. I already mentioned Fiala. He's kind of on their quote-unquote uh, third line. So in a lot of ways, you could kind of view him as like, you know, the Alex Tuck, really strong offensive player that's still um, available to them deep down their lineup. And I think the Wild actually have a pretty good fourth line too that, you know, has actually scored quite a bit for a fourth line and, you know, created some opportunities. So um, their depth will be really interesting to watch out for. I think that's where the Wild have really kind of, you know, made some hay this season against the Golden Knights with those third and fourth line guys. But obviously kind of the headlines will be how those top six match up. And right now that edge goes to the Golden Knights, but that shutdown line with Ewell, Erickson, Neck could kind of be an equalizer. And I think the story on the blue line is uh, pretty similar because I think the Wild, if you go through their defensemen, like one through six, I think any general manager would be happy to have any of those guys in kind of the, the role that they're in. Um, well, like I said, pretty deep. There's no one where you go like, oh, it's easy minutes when like this pair is on the ice. Even Minnesota's third pair has Ian Cole, who won um, some Stanley Cups in Pittsburgh. So, you know, they're pretty strong there. But there's no one quite, you know, at that, okay, this guy is going to get a bunch of Norris votes level uh, like Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo are. Um, the biggest question mark, of course, uh, in this series, and we've already touched on it, is going to be just the health of the Knights on the blue line and how that affects their depth, uh, specifically with just one player, Alec Martinez. Um, I think Martinez was basically so underrated for most of this year, Dave, that he's become rated because we've all asked about him so much. He led the NHL in block shots by like a a massive, massive margin. I think he had like a 33% edge on the second place guy. I mean, he's played penalty kill. He's played power play. He's just basically done everything for the Knights on the ice. And I think you could make a pretty strong argument that he's been their most consistent defenseman. So, I mean, how much would that change how the Knights have to, you know, line up and approach this series if he's unavailable for any chunk of it? Well, I mean, I think it would be a huge loss just to start with. I mean, just for all of the reasons that you laid out. Uh, you'd have another five or six shots getting through to the goalie probably per game that he's not eating up. Uh, you never know what's going to happen on those. I mean, all those sorts of things add up over a season where, it, you know, he's blocking a shot that, you know, maybe it gets through. Maybe a goalie doesn't see. You know, maybe he, 
how many of those are, are goals that he's preventing? Like, it's hard to measure that, really. But I'm sure over a season he saved them, what, a handful minimum? So in, in, a, you know, in a series like that, when everything is magnified, one, two games here, and you're talking about having to defend Kaprizov and having to deal with the depth of the wild and that shutdown line, you know, like we, you're talking about that. And I'm like looking at this and I'm like, you know, boy, if I'm a, if I'm a coach, if I'm a, if I'm the Knights stuff, you know, whatever, like I'm really looking at this and there'd be a little bit of concern for me just in the way that they match up and how deep the wild are, the way that they can kind of roll three lines and the Knights are somewhat two and a half, you know, on, on some nights and somewhat three, maybe four, like, it's going to be tough if you if you're throwing all that in without you know Alec Martinez and and what he's done for them this year. It, Nick Holden, it looked like at least in practice, was filling in and he was skating alongside uh, Alex Petrangelo and McNabb was still skating with uh, Shea Theodore. And then you've got you know look essentially a rookie pairing. I mean Zach Whitecloud played you know. Down the stretch last year and in the bubble, uh, Nick White or Nick, Nick Haig uh, played at the start of last year, but he did not play in the playoffs. He wasn't, you know, a guy who's got playoff experience. This is his first go around, and certainly when we talked to him on the Zoom, you know, today I think he used the word excited about fifty-two times. So, how is a rookie pairing going to hold up? You know, for the Golden Knights and all this, you know, matching up at some point they're going to see Kaprizov. You know, at some point they're going to be out there with Zuccarello, good player. You know, Fiala, twenty goal scorer. Uh, you know, again that Erickson uh, line or Erickson Act line. Jordan Greenway is an emerging player, so there's a lot that the Wild present that if you don't have Alec Martinez, you know, with you as you're you know putting together a scouting report, it, it the, the dynamic changes immensely. I think. Yeah, we'll have to see how available he is, but let's waste no more time and get to probably the more interesting. Uh, position for everyone and that of course is goaltender uh, real quickly on the wild they are almost certainly going to go with veteran Cam Talbot um, he's one of those guys that's been I think for the most part very steady throughout his career he's never been like quite great uh, he's never you know had like one of those Vezina seasons but he's just been really steady and solid almost the entire time a guy that's going to give you a good save percentage not give up too many bad goals and for the Wild, that's basically, you know, as you touched on earlier, Dave, what they've needed in their history is a guy that can make the saves that, you know, he's supposed to make and then every now and then come up with a really good one. Um, so Talbot's overall numbers this year, very good, has a solid track record. He has slumped a little lately, so that's something to look out for. His uh, past couple starts haven't been great, so we'll have to see whether he's um, tiring because they've leaned on him. A lot down the stretch as a rookie, Kapo Kakinen, who was really good for them earlier in the year, kind of faltered. So they leaned on their number one a little heavily. Um, but the more interesting uh, discussion point comes with, of course, the Golden Knights, who won the Jennings Trophy by allowing the fewest goals in the NHL. Um, that is obviously a very huge accomplishment for the team. It's actually their first league-wide award that they've won since their inaugural season when they kind of you know swept up a bunch of awards at the... Uh, you know, annual NHL ceremony. Um, but of course, at this point, the team is possibly going to have to make a decision between Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. Um, and it's so fascinating because 
you know, the team literally gave up the fewest goals in the NHL to this point. I mean, their goaltending is the reason that they have been so good and that they have home ice advantage in this series. But only one guy in the $12 million tandem is going to be able to play uh, each game or at least start each game. So if you're Pete DeBoer, how do you think you're handling this, Dave? Well, if I'm Pete DeBoer, I'm probably not looking past game one. And for me, Marc-Andre Fleury starts game one. And then I figure it out, I guess, from there. I mean, look, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of um, alternating goalies and continuing the rotation. And, you know, our colleague Ed Graney wrote a really good column, basically advocating for continuing it. You know, the way that the schedule sets up, at least in this round, is playing every other day. It's similar to the schedule that they've just, you know, gone through. And the rhythm is already there in a lot of ways. And goaltenders are creatures of habit and rhythm. And and so if you feel like they're both on board and they're good with it, and this was the best way to do it, then I think you just kind of continue to alternate as long as it's working. And as long as you're up in the series, as long as you're comfortable you know, with next guy up and you don't get into a situation where you're down in the series and then the goaltender who's, you know, next up hasn't played well. And then you've got another tough decision and then you go away from it. I think at that point, then, then maybe you do, but to start with, to get them both in there, to get them both feeling good, you know, I I think you can alternate and, and then just, you know, Play it by ear, you know, as it goes along. History tells you you can't. I, I think it's 50 years since a team has alternated goalies and won the Stanley Cup. I believe it was the Bruins in 1972, 1971, 72, uh, if I'm correct. I might not be. I'm sure there's a Bruins fan on the, uh, the podcast that can give me the correct years with that. But, you know, point being, it's rare. I guess the other point being with all this is it's 2021 and the game is evolving and we've seen a whole lot of changes and, and different things. And if goalies nowadays are trained and more comfortable to split time and share starts and they can both feel like they're a part of this and, you know, ownership, you know, in victories, if, if that's what it takes, you know, I I don't think you, you rock the boat, but it's going to be a tough decision for Pete DeBoer. We saw a similar situation last year, and the split was 16-4 with games coming, you know, boom, 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 and, you know, back-to-backs in there as well. So with with a little bit lighter schedule and the games not coming as rapid pace, it doesn't require two goalies. And, you know, in in the past, I think Pete DeBoer has been a guy who's going to pick one and go with it for the most part. So, again, the word I think you used was fascinating and – that's probably about the best description for it. We'll see. I'm, you know, it's it's the the one thing that I think everybody is the most anxious or eager, you know, to see, depending on your point of view. Right. Absolutely. And like I said, what makes it so interesting to me is just the fact that goaltending has been this team's number one strength all year. So how that continues into the postseason um, is obviously interesting because goaltending is the most important position for any team in the playoffs and that really determines ultimately how far you're able to go. Um, one last thing to preview before 
we kind of wrap it up here is we're going to quick touch on special teams. So uh, anyone that kind of goes over to NHL.com and just kind of sorts will be like, oh, the Wilds power play was pretty bad this year. They're actually worse than the Golden Knights. Um, but overall, uh, since the start of March, the Wild actually ranked sixth on the power play. They've kind of started to figure some things out. Um, I think they put kind of some more natural centers on their power play units. They started winning more faceoffs, and lo and behold, their power play senate percentage ended up going up. So that's something to watch to see if they kind of keep that up. Uh, Minnesota, because like I said, they've got that deep blue line kind of one through six. They're above average at penalty killing. I think they finished 12th in the NHL. So, you know, both special teams units for the Wilds, pretty decent. Knights are basically at two opposite spectrums with theirs. They were the best penalty killing team in the league, and they've been uh, one of the best in the last, you know, five or six years in the NHL. But they are in the bottom third on the power play. And so that's obviously going to be a key area of focus heading into the postseason, Dave, is we know, and we know because it happened last year, how important converting on those power play opportunities is for, you know, not just any team, but especially the Knights who, you know, struggled to score at the end of their playoff run last year. So how much is how they're looking on the power play now, which means not good, um, you know, a concern. Probably the biggest one next to the injuries, quite frankly. I mean, okay, so last year I'm going back through Adam Hill's story uh, about the power play that will be in our special section. Um, three for 22 on the power play last year against Dallas. And as you mentioned, and certainly the players, you know, touched on after that, that, that was costly. They had opportunities in that series when games were tied or you know, down a goal, whatever it might be, to tie, go ahead, and and they were unable to come through. You know, at clutch times, that's what the playoffs are about. You know, everything you get, you know, at least in theory, because games are tighter, and you know, you don't want to give teams power plays and all that. They're called differently, and blah. You know, when you do get a chance, it gets magnified, and you have to take advantage. And a team that goes three for twenty-two on the power play in a series, that get, that becomes a talking point. And then when they follow that up, you know, the next season by not having a very good power play, you know, and you go into a series where it's probably what I think I looked, it was six of the eight games this year were one goal games uh, against the wild, the last five. And one of the ones that wasn't was an empty net goal at the end when Jonathan Marcheseau uh, slashed, um, I think it was Jonas Brodeen uh, and he got credit for it. Yeah, and they had awarded yeah. the goal. So basically, everything is a one-goal game with with these teams. Power play, special teams, all that, it, it, super magnified. And if the Golden Knights struggle, you know, okay, Pete DeBoer said this, well, yeah, you know, it's great we can get our power play going, but if our penalty kill, you know, doesn't work, what good does it do? Yeah, fair point, you know. But because we're talking about the power play and because that's the one area that's really kind of held this team back at certain points of the season – you know, again, I, I think it's it's number two on the list probably of concerns, you know, going into the series. Yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. Once again, the series starts uh, Sunday at noon at T-Mobile Arena. The teams will then play uh, Tuesday at T-Mobile Arena, Thursday, and then Saturday. Are you, are you excited to go home, by the way? I am excited. I am excited to uh, go back home to uh, lovely Minnesota. It's great this time of year. I'm happy to be back. 
in that building, two of my cousins won uh, Minnesota State High School Championships in Excel Energy Center. So I got some uh, good memories there. Also, as a kid, I went to several uh, nosebleed games in that building. I still uh, have some uh, keepsakes from that time. So, no, it's going to be very fun. It's going to be exciting. And just frankly, even if uh, I wasn't from Minnesota, I think I would be excited uh, because these two teams, as I think we've kind of touched on here, match up, I think, pretty well. I think it's a fun, interesting, fascinating series. Um, we studied that money puck stat earlier. You know, I do feel like that's kind of what it is, a 60-40 series in favor of the Golden Knights. Um, but when you boil it down to just seven games, win or lose, you know, win or go home, uh, I think it's going to come down to the wire. And, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, offer a hard prediction on this podcast other than I would be – Relatively surprised if this series doesn't go six or seven games. I think, you know, these two teams are even enough where they're going to fight it out until the end. Um, Dave, I don't know. How about you? Do you have any final thoughts on the matchup before we wrap up here? Well, if I have to put if I have to put a prediction out there, which I normally don't like to do, um, I'll say Knights and five. But I, I don't feel good about that. Uh, I think the experience factor probably plays into you know, the ultimate result, but I think the wild are dangerous. I think this is a series that the Knights, you know, really didn't want to see. I think you, that was reflected a little bit in Robin Leonard's tweets. I know they wanted to win the president's trophy and, you know, you always want to win trophies are nice, but I don't think they wanted to see the wild. So we'll see how this shakes out. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't feel good about that, that five game prediction. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll of course keep you guys posted throughout the postseason, however long the night's run ends up being. But we'll sign off for now. Uh, I'm Ben Goats. He's Dave Shane. We are the Golden Edge Podcast. As a reminder, we are sponsored by One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating. We are also presented by Blue Wire Podcasts. Uh, a reminder to check out all our written work at ReviewJournal.com and in print because Sunday, once again, our special section is coming out. So uh, please pick up a you know hard physical copy uh, if you could, because I'm really proud of all the work that went into that uh, for myself, Dave, our lovely editing and design team, and some of our fellow writers that contributed to it. Um, and of course, in terms of this podcast, if you guys rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcast, do to this one, especially as we gear up for what should hopefully be uh, a fun and exciting uh, NHL postseason. Uh, that's going to be do it for this edition of the Golden Edge Podcast. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating, our comfort specialist can handle any AC repair. Call 855-1-HOUR for $50 off your repair or visit onehourair.com. Always on time or you don't pay time. Terms and conditions may apply. Independently owned and operated, licensed in their respective state or county. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.